Hello. Well, hello. Been a while. Uh, it has. Um, welcome back. Um, how are you? I'm good. Yeah, uh, another year older, same as you. Uh, indeed. Um, happy birthday to both of us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure we actually went through that process on the actual days. Um, yeah, sure, but you know, the listeners didn't. So, yeah. <clears throat> so, dear listeners, if you want to um, wish us happy birthdays, our um, voice messages on Anchor are open, as per usual. So, anyway. Um, Welcome back to everybody, uh, including us, ourselves. Uh, my name is Martin, and I'm apparently the brains of this operation. Um, yes, um, and I'm Greg. Um, I'm the voice of the operation um, because I can't stop talking traditionally. Yes, I'm, or I'm sure they remember. Historically. But um, at the end of last season, um, we broke me, uh, which... which... <laughs> Which reminds me that this is season two. Welcome to season two of the Right Wings podcast. Yes, uh, you may want to actually uh, break it down for everybody as to um, this 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 uh, idea you had of doing it in a, in a season by season sort of basis. Because I sure as hell don't understand what the hell you were talking about. <laughs> well, you know, um, you are kind of going a little bit off brand there. Um, being the brains of the operation and all. Um, but yes, this is season two, and the mind boggles that uh, this is season two. Um, the idea was to release the podcast um, season by season from September-ish to May-ish, kind of mirroring uh, the structure or release schedule of a TV show. And then take a break during the summer so, you know, we can go to uh, the Bermudas and sip, sip Mai Tais and whatnot. <laughs> and wallow in the glory of, of, of uh, uh, awesomeness, I suppose. Surely, you know, um, as future New York Times bestselling authors, <laughs> we, we, can, we can have a few months off um from the show but yeah it's uh it's 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 generally a a good idea to um to take a break to to schedule in a hiatus where we can you know um have birthdays yeah have, have birthdays and and just rest and uh restructure stuff because we've been uh We've been brainstorming about how to take this podcast to the to the next level, or to mm -hmm. take it forward and keep it interesting and uh, make it continuously better. Yeah, um, we are uh, we are uh, persistently looking for uh, guests as well. Uh, so obviously, uh, having the influx of um, additional voices is always going to be uh, keeping things interesting for for you the listeners uh and also for us the uh, the presenters because um it's always nice for us to get 
somebody else's input and viewpoint on on the things that we're talking about um that's that's very very true and also as an added benefit uh, the more people are talking the less uh, chance i get to talk <laughs> so so yeah there are there are going to be a lot of new things continuously happening on the podcast hopefully um as we as we come up with new ideas and experiment with them and as as always um the uh the lines of contact will be open so uh by all means feel free to share any ideas you guys have with us so that um if there's anything you want to hear us talking about or if there's anything you think we should be covering then let us know it's all stuff that we can take into consideration absolutely um let's uh, let's run through those here as well um not just at the end so you can send us an email writerings.podcast.gmail.com um you can send us voice messages on anchor um and uh of course you can always talk to us on twitter i've got uh, the new um the new Tomb Raider game, Shadows of the Tomb Raider. Play it, it's awesome. Um, and it was a belated birthday present, and it's just, it's, it's amazing. I absolutely love it. And it's just sucking away all my, all my time and motivation for writing because it's just so good. <laughs> well, um, leisure time is important as well. So, I, well, yes. I've been playing Warcraft again. Um, the new expansion came out, so I'm. Yes, I'm, I heard about that. I'm, I heard a lot about it. <laughs> I'm, I'm certainly not the one to uh, to hold you against the wall for playing games. <laughs> yeah, it's, it seems a lot of people have been getting back into Warcraft uh, or with new expansions and things. Yeah, yeah, it's full and it's laggy, and you know, but that's kind of. I waited a month or almost a month to jump back, um, but uh, still a lot of people. It's nice to see some life in the game, though. So, Yeah, absolutely. But speaking of uh, birthday presents, um, I, I wanted to brag a little bit because... Uh, and it, oh, do go up. It, uh, and it's actually uh, connected to to the topic that we were talking about and kind of um, my side of, uh, of projects and, and things I want to be accountable for. Um, mm -hmm. So I've been, I've been doing a lot of uh, odd jobs during, uh, during the year um, that had nothing to do with writing. Um, at, and at the end of it, um, they offered me to to have an iPad and so I oh nice yes very nice I'm completely in love with it um, and it's an iPad Pro so for my birthday um, my friends got me an Apple Pencil Ooh. which is uh, which is seriously the best thing since sliced bread um, and I'm, I'm not even kidding um, this is the closest thing you can get to writing on paper without writing on paper. Um, and I get the, uh, and I uh, bought this app that uh, is called Nebo My Script, um, 
and it recognizes my handwriting, which is more than I can say about myself. <laughs> and so, and so, <coughs> and so, basically, I started uh, writing blog posts um, for my day job, uh, long camp. And it's it's uh, it's just awesome. And I'm 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 saying this um, part to brag because it's kind of a gimmick. Um, writing uh, internet content by hand. On the other hand, I do believe that uh, writing longhand uh, triggers a very different part of your brain, uh, of your creative process. And uh, Neil Stephenson famously wrote um, some of his novels um, by hand, and Stephen King also writes his uh, uh, books um, using a fountain pen. So anyway, long story short, uh, or long story long, um, I've been uh, I've been writing longhand, which which I I love to do, um, and it actually makes practical sense because the reason I don't do that is because transferring written material on into into the computer is always a, a, a troublesome endeavor. Um, but now I, I can just actually write on my iPad by hand, <laughs> and it feels like I'm writing in ink. And then I you know double tap it, and it uh, it turns it into into a text file, which is pretty neat. There really and, is. Um, and so and and I. Um, I wanted to share this because um, ever since I started doing this um, in the in the past uh, couple of weeks, um, I can uh, I can feel or I can see that my productivity went up. I'm much more uh, much less prone for procrastination because it's just a joy to to sit down and you know um, uh, start writing and. Uh, and it's a whole different process, and it's a whole different creative uh, creative feeling um, that I got. So I'm I'm really excited, and I have a couple of projects in mind that I would love to do this fall. And now that I have kind of the energy or kind of the momentum to to get into them, so that's pretty neat. That's awesome. And uh, and yeah, uh, speaking of, uh, we were talking on. Talking uh, earlier about how we need a kick in the butt, and I wanted to share um, two books. Well, actually, four books um, with you and the audience that I read in the in the hiatus that we had. Um, three of them from John Scalzi. Uh, and, yes. Um, and the other is uh, hold on. Let me double check the name. Because I don't want to butcher it. Um, M. Lemot, uh, Bird by Bird. And uh, okay. And and the reason um, um, I wanted to mention these books is because uh, first of all, Scotty is awesome. And uh, he is yes. Um, and as much as I like his fiction, I enjoy his nonfiction and his blog even more. And I've been reading the the kind of the compiled version uh, or uh, of uh, of his whatever blog, um, which is at whatever and uh, everybody should should read it. Um, 
Yeah, so I've read a couple of those, and uh, he's got yes, fantastic, uh, fantastic way of uh, talking about things. Yeah, and especially writing, and I um, and the contrast. Um, this bird by bird book is kind of a very, I don't want to say uh, esoteric but but almost like that it's uh it's very metaphor heavy and it's very kind of uh, uh artistic um book about writing and how to write um and it proved to be very very difficult for me to to make use of it um not because it's bad and not because it's uh it's be- uh bad advice or or useless advice uh but just the presentation of the style isn't uh isn't something that uh that's useful to me um on the other hand scuzz's uh, uh posts or or articles about writing is exactly the kick in the nuts that uh, uh that i need uh personally and uh and i recommend reading his his stuff on on what writing is and what it isn't um because he's very very pragmatic and very practical about it that was a that was a pretty good gearing up for the fall um are you doing nanorango this year uh no because i don't do it all right (laughs) <laughs> to be put it simply i i just i don't do nanorimo why not uh i don't know um i know i'm not the only one that doesn't because um the uh somebody that you and i both uh, very much respect uh jenna moresi she doesn't do it either um it's just not really something i've i've been interested in uh yeah i don't i don't i don't do it yeah, no, that's 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 a perfectly valid, uh, you know, position. Um, what uh, what's interesting though, what I love about Nando Rango is uh, is the energy that the writer community gets from it. I mean, mm, that's true. N- November is just a joy to to kind of uh, uh, see writers share their progress and all that good stuff. So it's it should be interesting, and we should cover that on the podcast because I, I suspect a lot of our listeners, uh, if they are writers, and I hope they are, um, uh, they they are doing nano, and uh, and if they aren't, um, it's not for everyone. But I I do think that at least once, um, everybody should at least start or try to gear up for it because it's a good it's a good source of of that energy i really love that i don't know if if you read any any of those books uh the empire trilogy with jenny Wirtz and uh lots and lots and lots of books of fantasy books Well, I, I really love his work and, and really love his word building. And on a side note, I I really admire that, uh, you know, how fantasy books kind of, uh, and, and not just fantasy books, but, uh, but many authors stick to their protagonists, um, 
no matter what. And uh, yeah. yeah, and uh, Feist, uh, on the other hand, kind of uh, takes you through. It's like I I don't know a dozen or more books um, in neat trilogies and quadrologies and pentalogies and all all those kind of uh, stuff. Et cetera, et cetera. Um, but he he kind of uh, uh, deals with the passage of time, like characters, even main characters, get old and they die. Um, one of the one of the heroes of the second or third book um, dies because he falls and breaks his hip at the age of I don't know eighty or ninety or something. Um, and then you know it's it's it becomes kind of a kind of a, a story element of how uh, later generations trying or not trying uh, to live up to their ancestors and it's and it's pretty cool. But anyway, um, he 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 always talks about how the most important thing that you need to know is where you want to end up. <laughs> and everything else, you know, um, everything else will fall in place because it doesn't matter um, if you if you kind of get distracted and take the story to a different direction as long as uh, you yeah, get to the place. place. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's why I said it's kind of a counterpoint and not a counterpoint because yeah. you know, he, fo he follows character and he follows um, surprising things, but uh, but at the same time, you know, he has a very clear idea of uh, of the of the ending. And uh, I, I I say I, I vaguely similar to that. So I, I I usually like to have an idea of where I'm going, but um, the bits in the middle are always fluid. Another creative person, although not a writer. Um, I'm uh, sure many of, of our listeners uh, watch YouTube, and uh, if you if you watch YouTube uh, even a little bit, you are likely to be familiar with Casey Neistat and his vlogs. Uh, can't say I am. Um, you, I mean, you should check him out. He's he's a he's a pretty um, brilliant and, and uh, really creative filmmaker, and um, he's also a public speaker um, as an as a technology entrepreneur. And he okay. says that um, kind of life in general and and work and uh, creative work um, in particular is is kind of like. Uh, he calls it the Tarzan method. You know, <laughs> you you have point A and point B on opposite end, and, and opposite ends of the jungle, and uh, and you know you grab a vine, you sling as far as it takes you, and then you grab onto another and another that may not be you know the the straight path across the jungle, but it's uh, it's what's available to you. So. Um, there's definitely uh, a huge element of surprise in what we do. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, uh, personally, um, I think the reason why I prefer to pants it, I suppose would be the, the term, is 
what I found is that you can be writing something and what you've got in your head will certainly not mean anything to the characters you're writing because they, when you're writing your characters, they do take on a life of their own. They do have their own decisions and they do start telling you things that you never thought of when you were planning things out. And you, you can start writing, you can start following the particular path that your characters are trying to lead you on. And then suddenly something will just crop up and you'll be like, wow, this is actually really interesting. Let's see where this goes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that was the, that was kind of the, the biggest surprise for me when I, when I started writing um, seriously is that I always thought that, uh, you know, you plan things out and you use math and structure and whatever, science to... <laughs> yeah. uh, the science to, of writing. Yeah, and, and then, you know, all that remains, that, like, that's the work part. And then all that remains, you know, is sit down and, and write it. And how hard can it be? Allow um, very, very hard. What, what is, is, there, is there something like when you, when you start something new or, um, or you try developing an idea, um, is, is there something that you can't proceed without? Is there something that has to be there or there is nothing? Uh, a beginning usually helps. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of hard. <laughs> um, I, I, as I've mentioned in one of our earlier podcasts from last season, actually, um, for me, I have to do things chronologically. I'm not one of yeah. those people that can that can start at the beginning and then just write scenes as they occur to me and then just fill in the gaps. I can't do that. It has to be chronological so that it, everything lines up in my mind so that I know the order of things. I yeah. just can't work any other way. My brain won't let me. <clears throat> um, I suppose, uh, obviously, knowing the, uh, the, the principal characters that you're going to be using, that is definitely a bonus. Yeah. Apart, I, 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 apart from that, I think that's the main things that I really need is you know, knowing where I'm starting and where I'm ending the characters I'm using and some of the basic plot points and some bits of dialogue. And that's pretty much it. Um, I'm, I'm always amazed just how um, sometimes. So I'm always amazed that you are so much more normal than I am. Um, in I take offense at that. Uh, really? <laughs> um, no, what I mean is, is like, um, like I have, the reason why I asked this is that I was thinking that uh, because I write a lot of blog posts and, and articles and, and those kind of things uh, for work. And um, I always had uh, a tendency for kind of an artistic player, um, which doesn't really work in, in marketing um, or doesn't work the way it works in fiction. So yeah. I, I always uh, tended to bury the, bury the lead. Um, and I was constantly called up, uh, out on it. And I, uh, I spent a lot of times, like I can write a, a, a five, 700 word blog post in, in about half an hour and then spend three and a half or more hours editing it. 
and it ends up upside down because uh, you know, um, and and that kind of that kind of uh, instilled in me the the value of you know. I like to write things chronologically as well. That's what's natural to me. That's what's uh, that. That's how it comes out. But uh, very, very soon, often very, very soon, I end up turning it upside down and and just shuffling things around. But I do need to have um, a title, which is kind of a silly thing to have before you have anything else. Um, I, I need to have a title. And uh, and I kind of need to have the last the last sentence. That's pro that's usually the 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 first thing I write down is the is kind of the last sentence before you know fading into not black but white. Yeah. Before and the so co compare final ride into the sunset or whatever. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And then he said dot dot dot. And that's kind of the end of things. And then, you know, then I can start actually developing the stuff that uh, I set out to write in the first place. Yeah. Um, I, just a, a quick thing I wanted to add is that yeah. I don't usually need to have a title at the start, but it bugs me all the while I don't have one. Oh, yeah. It's like, you know, how do you name the folder or document or whatever? You know, you can't have, you know, WIP, I don't know, number 980. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. just silly. My current work in progress is, sim is simply titled Pain, and yet that's actually that just, that's just a particular feeling from the main character within the first chapter that's got nothing to do with the overall story. Get a title. Get a title. Put it in there and leave it. Come yeah. on. <laughs> and uh, th this is why I, I kind of uh, you know when uh, when I'm reading poetry, it's uh, it's such a such a weird thing to when when uh, poets uh, in particular play with the titles is that uh, you never know if it's if it's part of the poem. It's not part of the poem. It's kind of alluding to the poem or not alluding to it's, it's, it's uh, but anyway um uh what about scope so when you when you have an idea um do you know if it's if it's going to be a novel if it's going to be a short story or or something in between or um as far as i know i don't write short stories <laughs> um the problem I have, because I've never really writ tried writing a short story before, um, everything I've written has always been uh, intended to be novel length. Mm. Um, the issue I have with short stories is figure out, figuring out how to get all the major uh, plot points of them uh, into the actual story. Because obviously it's, it's a short story, so you have to get an entire novel's worth of plot into a fraction of the size. I don't know how to do that. Well, you know, you do it after after you've written ninety thousand words. Uh, you delete, I don't know, ninety percent of it. I think um, 
one of the uh, Black Library authors follow, uh, I follow, uh, his, his advice was basically um, start at the middle. Really? For, uh, for a short story? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, short stories are, are kind of, uh, I have a similar uh, issue with, with short stories. I would love to, um, I'd love to write short stories. It's just, uh, yeah, my brain automatically goes to, to you know, huge epic scopes and, and novels, and not, not even novels, novel series. Yeah, which is, which is which is kind of silly when you when you think about it. Do you do you read short stories? Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> um, usually, uh, the short stories I come across tend to be um, within the the scope of the um, the Warhammer Four Thousand universe because mm -hmm. there's quite a lot of um, well, quite a lot of uh, short stories that come out of that. Um, in fact, I've actually got a book I ordered a couple of days ago, which is an omnibus. It's got three full-length novels and about, and it's got twelve short stories in it as well. So, I'm looking forward to reading that. Yeah. Um, well, some of the uh, I, I've quite frequently picked up the um, Black Library books that are just anthologies of short stories, and there's amazing stories in there. Absolutely stunning. <clears throat> Yeah, well, that's kind of disappointing for me because I was hoping that I can't really think in terms of short stories because I don't tend to read them, but apparently that's not a factor. So now I have to figure out another, I don't know, excuse or whatever. <laughs> so thank you for that. That's quite right. I had to please. <laughs> um, uh, but no, I, I, I really do think that, uh, you know, if you want to write, you have to read and, uh, and the more you read of, of a particular thing, the more your thinking becomes attuned to it. So, um, one of my, one of my projects now this fall is to, is to read more and to kind of uh, go into the whole short story and uh, uh, sci-fi magazines uh, territory, which I, I, I usually, you know, I see a, see a cool idea or a cool um, blurb or, or, or something like that. And then I make a note and, and I, I will have to read this and then I buy the 7,000th uh, new novel that I'm going to read instead, um, which kind of limits one's exposure to a diverse uh, range of, of writing, which is not a good thing. <clears throat> Have you seen the um, uh, micro sci-fi fantasy uh, fiction account on Twitter? Um, no. Basically, small uh, science fiction and fantasy stories, as it were, in the space of a tweet. And they are brilliant. Okay, all right. Um, can you send that over to me? Because I'm going to check it out and I'm, I'm going to put it in the show notes as well. Because... I absolutely will. Um, for other people like myself who are uh, fans of the um, 
uh, Warhammer universes, there is also Micro Grimdark, which follows the same uh, same format, but it's specifically for um, the uh, Warhammer 40,000 universe. And they're also absolutely brilliant. Um, so I'll uh, link you to both of them. Okay, cool. Let's talk about Infinity War. No, let's not. <laughs> because for 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 those um, uh, um, uh, not aware, Martin um, has been delaying the pleasures of watching Avengers: Infinity War until um, just yesterday, as of this recording. So um, the, wounds, the wounds are fresh, and uh, the emotions are still, you know, riding high. So. Um, but but um it's uh now that i have some distance from it and you know punched uh, a number of holes in the wall when i came out from the theater um i i uh my my thought went to hemingway and that the russo brothers really took the kill your darlings advice quite literally um <laughs> say um, so, you know, spoilers, a lot of people die in Infinity War. Uh, that's the thing, though. there's a lot of people who have gone with the uh, um, kill your darlings thing. Uh, there's a particular quote about to, uh, Stephen King. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I saw it. I believe he says. Sorry? I believe uh, Stephen King says, even when it breaks your egotistical scribbler's little heart, murder your darlings. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what do you think of it as a, not as a fan or not as a, you know, as a, as a, a, a viewer, but as a, as a storyteller yourself? Um, I think it was brilliantly structured. It was not wasting any time killing Loki in the first what, yeah, five, five minutes. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a shame. I mean, I, I love uh, I love Loki as well. He, he would have been so good throughout that movie, especially the, just the uh, interactions he has with Thor. Um, oh, yeah. But it, it really does kind of set the tone for the story. Um, but, and speaking as a storyteller myself, um, you can't have an enemy like Thanos, who is basically he wields this godlike power in the form of the infinity gauntlet and and not have people die it's going to happen yeah and i mean he, he is immensely powerful as we see by the fact that he just beats the ever-living crap out of the hulk yeah um but yeah <sighs> It's, it's, it's one of those things that, that has to happen. Uh, the entire MCU has been steadily building up and building up to this moment. If Thanos had been anything less than the unstoppable force of destruction that he was, it, it wouldn't have meant anything. There would have been no belief that this was the ultimate enemy that we have seen so far. And... <laughs> It felt like there was no consequences. Yeah, so, and this, yeah. we and needed this, to, see, to, to we need to see people die 
and to know that this was a, an enemy that that um, not only had the will but the power to actually carry out his his plans and to just decimate everything. Yeah, definitely, and and the fact that we we don't just you know see you know faceless CGI or not CGI extras die, but you know Black Panther, Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Most of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Aura was a very personal death. Oh yeah, and that more than anything, that is what surprised me because, thanks to the joys of social media, I I still got some spoilers. So ahead of time, I had managed to work out that Spider Man was going to die. I'd managed to work out that Gamora was going to die. But what surprised me when I watched the film was actually just. The fact that Thanos genuinely loves Gamora as a daughter. Yeah. And yet he still makes the decision that he does. Yeah. And, you know, um, there were, like, uh, there was a, uh, I'm sure you saw the the Nike's Copernic ad and the memes that followed. The what? Um, uh, the memes and you know there was a Thanos one you know uh, yeah yeah believing something um but two things uh, like there 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 were three things that that were kind of noteworthy um immediately um one is yeah um they had stakes and they followed through and Thanos was believable because uh we we you know it's it's the it's the show don't tell they didn't just tell us that he was all powerful but they actually showed and the third thing is that uh, um it's funny you should mention uh or uh it's funny you, should, you mentioned uh the antagonist being kind of likable is that thanos this like infinity war was about thanos he was the he, he it, it was his story it was his kind of journey yeah. and I, it, was, it, was very, it was very much that whole thing of how the antagonist is the protagonist of their own story oh yeah it felt very much like that i i you know there were there were moments when when i kind of felt for the guy it's, you know it's, he was the last of his kind uh, mm-hmm. And uh, you know he he was at least in his perspective, but you know you can see his point. Um, he was proven right, and uh, he just upped the up the scales. And you know he he sacrificed everything like Gamora. And what yeah. I what I found interesting is that uh, there are two. With no offense to any other villains in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but uh, but yeah, let's call a spade a spade. There are two good villains in in all those movies. Um, one is Loki, and the other is Thanos, and that's because they they have their own agendas and they have their own personalities. It's not just the 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 big bad that they have to. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, um, Ultron was kind of likable because of just the personality he had, um, and because of that, you know, 
the voice that that kind of sold, yeah. sold the thing. Um, yeah, absolutely. But he's still largely forgettable. He, he, his his agenda it was it didn't feel like he th- he threatened the entire world. Really. Yeah, it was kind of um, distant from the no pun intended, but uh, um, and and because you know his expression was to to kind of do, uh, mul- multiply himself, like to yeah. to have that big finale, and um, and while you know Infinity War could have done without the big CGI fight, um, it would have still delivered the the same impact because it it you know it it didn't matter if you know if they they had the big cgi battle scene at the end um thanos was still coming and ultimately they had to face him while with ultron um they had to uh you know once they beat the army there was nothing left i had to stop the uh the the big chunk of the uh, the big chunk of world falling down. Yeah, and with Loki, you know, um, um, there was there was a stake. There was a, a kind of um, something to fight against beyond the faceless monsters that kind of there for entertainment and for three D movie three D movie tickets to be sold, but. Um, but yeah, so so both Loki and Thanos was uh, were, were relatable, and uh, you know you could identify with them, and you, and that that's kind of the the that's a responsibility of the storyteller is to is to introduce and show the antagonist just as much as the protagonist because that's how you you know you create tension and and impact and Thanos was a was an exemplary villain yeah absolutely i mean his 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 methods were horrific (laughs) (laughs) the scale of what he was intending was horrific and um but there's a point that he makes he says that with a snap of a finger, with a snap of his fingers, half of the population of the universe will just cease to exist. There's no suffering in that. It's a mercy, and yeah, that's that is almost a grace that he he gives the universe, and also it's the reason behind what he's doing. He's doing it so that the survives will prosper. He's insane for the scope of what he's doing, but his ultimate methods, his ultimate reasoning, is relatively altruistic. Yeah, and and you know, in in the comics, you know, he he does it because he's in love with death. Oh uh, yes, right. and the 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 fact that they changed it. And they change, and they change, because that's insanity. That's that's not something that you can relate to. That's not not something that you you feel that that is a, a valid uh, reason to do anything other than you know being insane. But yes. here, you know, everybody can relate to you know too many mouths, not enough food to go around. 
Mm-hmm. And that 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 one line kind of sets him off as you know doing the doing the unpopular thing for the greater good. And yep. that's that's a that's an interesting that's an interesting thing. And the third thing is that uh, um, it's funny you should mention, uh, or uh, it's funny you, should, you mentioned uh, the antagonist being kind of likable. Is that Thanos? This like Infinity War was about Thanos. He was the he. It it was his story. It was his kind of journey. Yeah. And it I, was. It was it was very much that whole thing of how the antagonist is the protagonist of their own story. Oh yeah, it felt very much like that. I, I, you know, there were there were moments when when I kind of felt for the guy. It's, you know, it's, he was the last of his kind, um, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, he he was at least in his perspective. But you know, you can see his point. Um, he was proven right, and uh, he just upped the up the scales, and you know he he sacrificed everything like Gamora. And what I what I found interesting is that uh, there are two. With no offense to any other villains in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but uh, but yeah, let's call a spade a spade. There are two good villains in in all those movies. Um, one is Loki and the other is Thanos. And that's because they they have their own agendas and they have their own personalities. It's not just the, the, the big bad that they have to. Um... Yeah, uh, I mean, um, Ultron was kind of likable because of just the personality he had. Um, and because of, that. you know, the voice that that kind of sold, yeah. sold the thing. Um, yeah, absolutely. But he's still largely forgettable. He, he, his his agenda it was it didn't feel like he th- he threatened the entire world. Really? Yeah, it was kind of um, distant from the no pun intended, but uh, um, and and because you know his expression was to to kind of do, uh, mul- multiply himself like to yeah. to have that big finale and um and while you know infinity war could have done without the big cgi fight um it would have still delivered the the same impact because it it you know it it didn't matter if you know if they they had the big cgi battle scene at the end um Thanos was still coming, and ultimately they had to face him. While with Ultron, um, they had to, uh, you know, once they beat the army, there was nothing left. I had to stop the uh, the the big chunk of the uh, the big chunk of world falling down. Yeah, and with Loki, you know. Um, um, there was there was a stake there was a, a kind of um something to fight against beyond the faceless monsters that's kind of there for entertainment and for 3d movie 3d movie tickets to be sold but um but yeah so so both loki and thanos was uh 
were, were relatable and uh, you know you could identify with them and you and that's that's kind of the the that's a responsibility of the storyteller is to is to introduce and show the antagonist just as much as the protagonist because that's how you you know you create tension and and impact and Dennis was a was an exemplary villain yeah absolutely i mean his 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 methods were horrific <laughs> the scale of what he was intending was horrific and um but th there's a point that he makes he says that with a snap of the finger and with a snap of his fingers half of the population of the universe will just cease to exist there's no suffering in that it's a mercy and yeah that's that is almost a grace that he he gives the universe and also it's the reason behind what he's doing he's doing it so that the survives will prosper it, he's insane for the scope of what he's doing but his ultimate methods his ultimate reasoning is relatively altruistic yeah and and you know in in the comics you know he he does it because he's in love with death oh uh, yes right? and the 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 fact that they changed it and they change and they change because that's insanity that's that's not something that you can relate to that's not not something that you you feel that that is a, a valid uh reason to do anything other than you know being insane but yes. here, you know, everybody can relate to, you know, too many mouths, not enough food to go around. Mm -hmm. And that, that, that one line kind of sets him up as, you know, doing the, doing the unpopular thing for the greater good. And yep. that's, that's, a, that's an interesting, that's an interesting thing. Just a, a random little thought occurred to me. It's, it's amazing how, um, this is just completely apropos of nothing, really. But it, it's amazing how we're doing a writing podcast. Uh, or, yeah, it's essentially a writing podcast. And yet, still, it, it still touches on other forms of media, especially when it comes to films. Because, obviously, writing is, is a key part of films, because you still need to write a storyline. Um, not only that, but I... I I can't remember who said this. I think it was Scorsese, but I'm I'm not I I wouldn't bet my the house on it. So if any of our listeners can uh, can set us straight or confirm, um, I think it was Scorsese that he said that uh, you need three things for a good movie, or maybe it's Hitchcock. I know. Um, so anyway, um, three things required for a, for a great movie. A script, a script, and a script. So a movie, a movie starts with writing. Yeah. And I, I, I really hope that uh, one, for those you know who can't remember the beginning of the podcast, um, one of the we we promised that we would 
have on more guests and and uh, at least one of the guests i hope will be a screenwriter um who can you know put uh, put these things into context because uh, screenwriting from where i'm standing or from what i can tell is uh, is basically a uh, the same the same thing as as any kind of fiction writing it just uses a different format mm -hmm. and and that's about it we're coming up on, on on the usual kind of time for things now so um i think now is a pretty much as, as good a time as any to uh uh start closing this one down oh yeah um well let's remind folks that uh we we like to talk, but well, uh, you know, some some one of us likes to talk more than the other, um, or tends <laughs> to anyway. Our choice in the matter. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we we also like to listen. So and uh, we also like to talk to others. So if you have a comment or complaint or uh, idea or just want to be on the show because you're a writer or a storyteller of any kind and uh, you want to share your perspectives, talk to us, absolutely. Um, either through email, writerings.podcast.gmail.com or send us a voice message on, on Anchor or talk to us on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And all the uh, usual links will be in the, uh, the show notes as usual. Yeah, all, all, all of the links, uh, including uh, everything that we talked about, everything that we mentioned. Um, I will do my best to not forget any of those because sometimes I do. Um, and also, um, you know, to, uh, links to Martin's books, which you should buy. And, um, and, and the link to, to my website, which uh, you should read once I start doing it properly. Absolutely. Um, Shameless we, for everybody. Yeah, um, we we thank you for your attention this week, and uh, and we will be back now on season two of the Right Wings podcast um, next week, right? Yep, absolutely. All right then. Well, it's it's good to be back. I think it say this. Um, I miss this. I miss our little chats. Um, technical issues, not understanding. Yeah, at least it went better this time. Oh yeah, um, and you know it's uh, it it makes me happy to you know um, I imagine there are some people who would have given up like um, just a, a behind the scenes fun fact we we recorded this in two go um, two 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 passes two goes anyway. Um, English is not my first language. Um, and uh, some people would have given up, right? Mm -hmm. I would say that's, uh, you know, it's too hard, it's, you know, it's annoying, it's whatever. But uh, we stuck with it. For better or worse, I think it's for the better. Yeah, I reckon so as well. I will stop talking now because I start to annoy myself even. So, Martin, if you will lead us out so uh this has been the return of rice rings and thank you very much for listening and we will speak to you again next week indeed bye goodbye for now